Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Wonderful. You've got your Bibles. We're talking about worship. And uh, this, this message is still about worship, but it's entitled, Worthy of Our Praise. Worthy of Our Praise. Last week, we spoke about worship in the, in the fact that we are all worshipers. Whether we uh, want to admit it or not, God created us for worship. So if we don't worship the true and living God, you'll end up worshiping something. Without you knowing it, you're still worshiping. Just go to any football match, any soccer match, rugby league match, AFL, NFL, basketball. You'll see Australians know how to worship. You may go, no, that's not worship. They're just, they're just shouting for... We're passionately giving time to something, uh, devotion, time, energy, money, affection, and, and our thoughts and our energy to something. Why? Because you created that way. And I believe with all my heart, and I believe most of you believe this, I, I hope I convince everyone and everyone that's listening on social media that we were all created for God. The Bible actually says we're created for God and His pleasure. For His pleasure. You weren't created for your own pleasure. That's how we got it all mixed up. We don't realize, you got to understand God is a good God. He's a loving God. He's so, so good. So when we give our life to Him and we actually worship Him, it's good for us. It's a beautiful thing. We do worship whether we realize it or not. And even if you think, well, I don't, know, I don't give myself to anything. I just sort of veg in front of the couch and play games on, online. That's, that's what looks... Well, your, your worship just... It looks a little bit different. It might look um, apathetic. Please, please bear with me. Right? Some of the parents will understand what I'm talking about. You, you might look like you've got no vision for anything else. Uh, and all you want to do is play games. And it's... Might be lethargic, lazy, apathetic. It could be. I'm just saying. Sure, I'm not talking about anybody here, but but you're still worshiping something, even though it doesn't look like extravagant passion. If it does, does that make sense? And if you go, I, I don't worship anything. Well, maybe because you just worship nothing, and therefore your life is empty. Why do we have a Why do we have a, a depression epidemic? Why would you think? Let me just propose this. We have a depression, anxiety epidemic because we put ourselves as number one. So our hearts are broken when we don't get what we want. The Bible says expectation gone wrong makes the heart sick. So when we are number one, when we don't get what we want, our expectations not met, we get depressed. So who's on the idol? Who's, who's been, who's been worshipped? We are. Please, please don't get hurt about this. I'm just trying to help us. Don't get sensitive. Don't get, oh, I need to do this too. We all need to do this. God's a beautiful God, a loving God, a magnificent God. And sometimes I think, how did the enemy get it so right that we don't realize how good he is and how loving he is? If the world knew how good God was, we'd have to open up our doors every single day, all day long. We're just not communicating to them well enough to show them, the world, how good God is. Because they got a revelation of how really good God really is. They'll be pouring in. They'll be lining up. They'll be wanting to know. We'd have to open up our doors every single day, all day long, having meetings to help people, minister to people. I believe that with all my heart. I believe you believe that too. Worthy of our praise. I went through the, the, the word praise. It's beautiful, easy, easy, easy thing to do. Look up the word Strong's Concordance. Look up the word praise. And every single scripture in the Bible about praise comes up and you can look it up. And so I've got about 2,000 points. No, I'm just joking. I do have a lot of points. I'm not going to be able to go through all of them because it's in the Word. And it's so many reasons God gives us to worship Him. So I looked at, praise Him. Why do we praise God? And and so many 
one of the first things that comes is, uh, uh, this is all in the Bible. This is 1 Chronicles 29, verse 13. This is what the Bible says. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. We praise your glorious name. Why should we praise God? Because we praise his glorious name. Psalms 9.2 says, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing to your name. So why do, my first point was praising him for his glorious name. I think name represents nature. Name represents his presence. Name represents God's character. Why do we worship him? For him, for who he is. His glorious name. His name is glorious. If you and I got a revelation of how glorious his name was, we'd fall on our faces and worship God for all eternity. Because that's exactly what heaven's going to look like. We're going to be worshiping God. When we go to the throne, we won't, this, is, this is what it's going to be like. We can't wait to go to the throne. It's not like, oh, what are you doing today? I have to go to, go to the throne today. Well, why? Oh, we, we have to go worship God. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be, I can't wait. I want to get to the throne. I'm going to, I want to go to the throne. I want to see him again. I can't wait to see God again. I want to see his face. He's beautiful. I want him. That's how magnificent he is. Words can never express. Every single preacher on the planet has failed to express how good God is. Do you know that? No matter how eloquent they are, you can never express how magnificent he is. So we praise him because of his glorious name. And we've got to put him where he belongs. Because if we praise him for myself, I praise him because I, thought, I, thought, I, I came to church because I want to feel good. I came to church because I like it when I feel goosebumps. I feel love. I worship him. So almost like we're worshiping him because I want to feel good. It helps me. Yes, it does help you. But we worship him for his glorious name. His name is glorious. There are so many scriptures just about his glorious name. If I say the name of someone, you'd, you'd automatically think, okay, you, you think of their character. You follow me? If I say, I'll, I'll use some bad examples. If I say Hitler, it doesn't conjure up a nice nature or character. It conjures up evil, selfishness. So when you say the name of Jesus, you say the name of our glorious Father, our God, we worship Him for His glorious name. And His name is glorious. His name is glorious. Number two, or I don't know if there's numbers because I just stopped. I couldn't study all of them. There's so many of them. Praising Him for His loving kindness is everlasting. This is in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 6. Let me read it to you. The priests stood at their posts. And their Levites also, and with the instruments of music to the Lord, with King David, which King David had made for his praise to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And it talks about them praising God with trumpets and, and loud cymbals and all those things. So we praise in Psalm 63, verse 3 says this as well Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Because your loving kindness is better than life. God's loving kindness. I don't know about you, but I, when I think, what can I say about God's loving kindness? I mean, think about it. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We, we're not going to know the fullness of that revelation until you get to heaven. When you get to heaven, you'll get, you, you and I will have a deep fullness. Not, not, I think we'll always grow in this revelation, to be honest. But we're going to come into a, an awareness. God's loving kindness was while I was a sinner. That means I was an enemy of God. I wasn't thinking about God. I didn't care about God. I was thinking about myself. I made myself God. I was, feeling, I was fulfilling my own pleasures as God. And so I made me the idol of my life. I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't care. Every now and then when I was in trouble, I thought about God. 
While I was a sinner and the Bible says I was his enemy, Christ died for you and for me. That's commitment. That's love. We weren't showing him that we're going to follow you. He just says, I'm going to lay down my life because I'm in love with you. I believe this so much that if you're the only person on the planet left, this is how beautiful his loving kindness was, no one else on the planet to have died for, just you. Jesus would have been born of a virgin, lived 33 years perfect without sin, always obey his father, then die that cruel death on the cross, become sin, go to hell and pay the penalty for our sins in hell just to save you, one person. That's how everlasting his loving kindness is. How valuable is a soul? I just told you how valuable it was. God himself will become a man and die for you. That's love. That's everlasting kindness. If we don't get this revelation, then our worship will be, thank you, God, I love you, yeah, praise God, yeah. Hope you can bless me this week, bless my bills, you know what I'm going through. It's about us. But when we understand his loving kindness, we forget ourselves and we worship him because of his loving kindness. Our focus is on him. This is, I mean, you want to get biblical in your worship, I'm giving it to you. This is biblical, this is the word. And it's not, you notice it's going to be all about him and not, nothing about us. You know, God has shown me some things about his love because so, my brain doesn't understand his love. And so sometimes I, you know, I think, God, if, if God said to me, Leah, if you're the only person in the whole world for me to have loved, there's nobody else on this planet, no one else in heaven, no one else ever created, just you. He goes to me, I wouldn't love you any more than I already do now. God can't love you more just because in my brain, I think you'll have more time for me. No, he's got all the time in the world for me. He's got all the time in the world for you. That's his loving kindness. We just got to be aware of it. We just got to wake up to that loving, his loving kindness. I love this one. This is number three. Praise him for the beauty of his holiness. Second Chronicles 20 verse 21. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in the beauty of his holiness. There's, there's a number of scriptures that refer to God when we praise him in the beauty of his holiness. Psalms 27 verse 4. One thing I have I desired in the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. To behold. Now why do we come together in this, in this, in, in this gathering? Why? To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to behold, the Bible says, to worship Him in the beauty of His holiness. Do you ever think that God's holiness is beautiful? God's face is beautiful. We said that last week, that, the, that God made angels, and I think they're massive, uh, uh, be, uh, not angels, sorry, I should say beasts. The Bible refers to the four beasts. One had a face like a lion, one had a face of a of a, like an ox, one had a face of an eagle, one had a face of a man, and they had six free wings on one side, free wings on this side, and, the, and they had eyes everywhere, eyes within the wings, eyes on the outside of the wings, eyes on their bodies, everywhere full of eyes. It looked pretty, pretty creepy. I mean, come on, God made this creature. I mean, probably creature is a better word than beast, because beast makes you think, ooh, but creature. And this creature worshipped God day and night and flew around the throne Day and night, and what they said was, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Kept saying, holy, holy, holy. Why? Because they kept seeing 
diff, a different glimpse, a different perspective, a different angle of who God is and how he looks like. That's how magnificent he is for all eternity. This, this stuff blows your brain. You're, right now, some of you are going, what are you talking about? I believe the Bible. It's in your Bible. He's holy and he's beautiful. I can't explain how beautiful God is because I'm still learning how beautiful God is. But he's beautiful. When I, if I look at the face of the Father, he's smiling at me. How's your father looking to you? Does he, is he like, got a stick and you did something wrong? Gotcha. Do you think that God is going to punish you every time you do something wrong? Like, God showed you so much mercy, so much grace because of his son, Jesus. He's beautiful. Rainbows of all different colors emanate out of God. Rainbows belong, the colors of rainbows belong to God. Don't let anyone else take it. God made the rainbow and put it in the earth as a covenant. Don't be afraid to use the word rainbow. Seriously. God out in his throne, John saw the throne and the father sitting on it and he who sat on it had rainbows of all colors emanating out of him. I believe we see colors we've never ever seen before come out of the father. Thunders and lightnings and pearls of thunder. Woo! The very God we worship spoke the universe into existence. Remember I was saying last week, the earth. The earth is so large to us. We're so little. We're, little, we're beings. We're made in God's image. We're very special and valuable. But think about how small we are if the earth is this large. But the earth can fit in our sun, in our galaxy, 1.3 million times. Look it up. Google, Google will help you. 1.3 million, I mean that blows my mind, 1.3, not 3 times, not 5 times, not 10 times bigger, 1.3 million times in our sun. The sun is not the biggest star in the universe. The sun can, can sit in other stars 100 times in its diameter. So the sun's not the biggest star, but God made that. So imagine seeing the earth from God's point of view. Imagine. The Bible says we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. We're seated at the throne. We're seated with Christ. Christ is seated at the throne. So imagine sitting at the throne where God the Father is, because Jesus says we are. And you look at the earth, and then all of a sudden, the little demon that was dis disturbing you is just a little demon. Don't give him the energy, the time, the effort that, you, that we make him sound like he's so big. It's not to God, he's a little bacteria. I'm serious. To God, he's like a little, oh, little bacteria. And we talk like he's a like massive beast. He's just a little bacteria to God. And God's inside of you. I'm serious. Please hear my heart. Praise Him in the beauty of His holiness. He's so beautiful. We get to spend all eternity in heaven forever and ever to worship our living God. And it's going to be fun and exciting. It's going to be, it's going to be the best. The center of heaven is God on His throne. Ezra verse 3, this is praising him because he is good. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Isn't that There's so many scriptures about God being good. We praise him because he is good. Now sometimes I just try to take a massive revelation and simplify it. Because we've got to help us see that God is a, he's a good God. He's a good God. He, I mean he's so good that he gave you taste buds. You know, God didn't have to give you taste buds to survive. 
He's just a good God. He says, I want you to enjoy food every time you eat it. Every time you put it into your mouth, I want you to enjoy it. You're going to taste it. I'll give you an appetite. So you actually crave for food. You, you, you long for food. It's so appetizing. It's not just your taste buds that makes you want food. It's the fact that you're hungry. Your body craves for food. And then you enjoy it. Go on a long fast. You'll, you'll see how quickly you enjoy food. It's a real big part of our life. I've been on a long fast and realized I've got nothing to look forward to. When you're fasting for a few weeks, you've got nothing to look forward to. Like The joy of life. God gave you taste buds. God gave you joy and laughter. He didn't have to do that. God laughs on his throne. I believe we laugh because he laughs. Could you imagine hearing God the Father laugh? Woo! Yeah, God sings. The Father sings. Imagine hearing him sing. The one who spoke the universe into existence is singing over you. So God gave you joy. I think, why did he have to give us joy? Because he just loves us. He gave us joy. That's why the joy of the Lord is strength. We should, we should laugh more than any other people on the planet. The joy of the Lord is strength. He gave us joy. He, he, he put this mechanism. Isn't it beautiful when you just laugh at nothing? Have you ever gone to the place in that silliness where you just laugh and laugh at nothing? I mean, sometimes it's because we're delirious because we're so tired. And it's true. Your body releases endorphins and makes... We used to do this and just laugh. And then put second, and we laugh our heads off. Just because we were delirious from tiredness, working so hard for the Lord. There were times where we just laugh at anything. But laughter is a beautiful thing. God didn't have to do that, but he did. I mean, this, the, the ocean, I can go on and on and on. The creation that he gave us is for us to enjoy. The ocean, the waterfalls, the mountains, the snow, the, the beautiful, beautiful creation was for his children. He, he created this beautiful earth. If you could see this earth without its fallen state, you'll see how beautiful heaven is. Without its fallen state. No death. God created. That's, that was God's original intention. And then he puts us into the earth and says, the earth is your home. But the earth is beautiful without any sin. No taintedness, no death. And he gave that to us. I think within a marriage covenant, I love the fact that God, in a marriage covenant, when two people are married, he didn't have to do this. He could have just said, appropriate. Do this action so that you can have babies. God's not like that. He does everything. He just thinks about everything. He says, I'm going to make it so enjoyable. I'm going to give you orgasm. God created an orgasm. Maybe you thought about God thought up the orgasm. It's not nature. God thought it up. I love you. I'm a good God. I'm going to do this. In marriage covenant, when you're in love with a woman and a woman's in love with a man and you're married, I will give you this gift to express your love. And it won't just be an action. It would be love. And then I'll give you orgasm on top of that. I mean, it's just magnificent. You just, you might go, what's, Leo, are you serious? Yes, I'm really serious. You look at a flower. A flower was there, created by God, so you can smell it and enjoy it. View it, color, beauty, creativity, and the fragrance was so you can enjoy it. It wasn't for him to enjoy, it was for you to enjoy. That's the goodness of God. Every time you eat food, it was God's goodness to say, oh, the creative different ways we can make food. And it's God saying, I want you to enjoy it. So when you say thanks, you're actually, it's a doorway to connect with him, to say thank you, God, to connect to his presence. Yeah. Don't take it for granted. We just take things for granted. Flowers are there. We just don't even notice them. God is a good, good God. Imagine heaven, what heaven's going to look like and be like for all eternity. No sin, no selfishness, no greed, no pride, no lies. What is it like to live in a world where no one lies? I reckon that's heaven. It really is. 
is. Imagine everything you ever say to me is absolutely true. Wow. I don't have to look over my shoulder and think, what's time is, is he really going to do this? Or is she going to say that? It's just heaven. Number, whatever. <laughs> Praise him. This is in the Bible. Praise him because of his righteousness. Psalm 7, verse 17, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. When I think about God's righteousness, I think of perfect righteousness. You can't get more perfect than his righteousness. Righteousness is right living. He's perfect. He's holy. He's set apart. He's righteous. But the beauty about God's righteousness, when I think about God's righteousness, I think about this, that he was so righteous. That he gave us the gift of righteousness. So if I'm going to worship God according to his righteousness, I am. But I'm going to be so thankful that his righteousness caused him to give us the gift of righteousness. Does that make sense? In other words, what Jesus did on the cross, he didn't do for himself. Jesus did not come to this planet, to this earth for himself. He was on a mission he was, and he was, on, he was coming here for you, for mankind. And when he dies on the cross as if he was the sinner... God the Father is saying, you put your faith in my son who was illegally mistreated by the devil because he had no sin. He didn't deserve to die. The wages of sin is death. Jesus never sinned. So Satan put on Jesus an illegal act, had no right to put death on a man who never ever sinned. So God could legally put righteousness on us that never ever committed righteousness. It's an exchange that took place. God legally imputes his righteousness to you. And then treats you like you're righteous. Because it's received by faith. Not by works. If I try to earn it, I've short-circuited it. The moment you and I think, if I'm good enough, then he'll, then he'll give me righteousness. You've short-circuited the grace of God. Because you're going by works, not by faith. If I, think about it. If a child comes up to me, my son comes up to me and says, Dad, what do I have to do uh, so that you could love me? That would offend me big time. What do you have to do? Like, you think you can earn my love? You don't need to earn my love. I love you unconditionally. You don't have to do anything. It's like saying, how much? Do I have, how good do I have to be so that I can get your love, Lord? It's like saying, how much money do I have to give so I can go to heaven and, get, and receive your love? Nothing. You can't do a thing to earn it. It's his gift of love, salvation, forgiveness, righteousness. Is a, in the Bible, says it's a gift. We worship God. So when I get this deep revelation of understanding what he's done for me on the cross, I can worship God from my heart. Because I know without his gift, I was on my way to hell. You were too. Because God's a holy God, a righteous God, a fair God, a just God. He will uphold his righteousness. But he gave us free gift of righteousness because of his son, Jesus. I will thank him for all eternity. I, will, I, I believe this with all my heart. That's why I'm grateful. That's why there are times I weep, and I'm sure you do too, I weep with gratitude and tears of love and overwhelming love because he died for me. My God came to this planet and died in my place. You've got to make it personal or it never will be personal. Does that make sense? If you don't believe it's for you, then oh, it's just for billions of people on the planet. He just started for everybody. No, he would have done it just for you. Then you make it personal, then your heart's affected personally. Paul says, that Christ died for me and gave his life up for me. He made it personal. He didn't say us, me. Amen? Uh, this is, I like this one personally. It says, um, verse 
chapter 9 of Psalms, uh, sorry, Psalms 9 verse 1. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all your marvelous works. So here he's saying, I'll praise you with my whole heart. Now, why is the Bible saying praise God with your whole heart? Why our whole heart? To me, God, the Bible can't say praise God with our whole heart if we shouldn't be praising God with our whole heart. I wrote this point is praising him because we were designed, created to praise him with our whole heart. Don't you think that God deserves our whole heart? If God is this good as I'm saying he's this good, don't you believe that God created us in a way that, that you, you get full satisfaction when you, you're designed and purposed by God, created by God to worship him? And I'm not just talking about singing songs. We said that last Sunday. Worship means a life of obedience to God. With my whole heart, I will worship you. With my money, with my time, with my finances, with my gifts, my abilities, my talent. Everything is towards you and for you. Does that make sense? My business, if you ran a business, this is for your glory, your kingdom. My whole heart, I'll worship you. When we get the, I believe the church is coming into this revelation. The church is rising up and seeing how beautiful he is and falling in love with God. With our whole heart. If I was to ask you, do you think God deserves your whole heart? You'd say, yes, of course he does. Why don't we fulfill it to the, the way we should? More likely it's because our mind needs to be renewed. And we need to see the truth of how beautiful he is and how good he is and how faithful he is and how loving he is. He just wants the best for you. Um, number, whatever. I really don't know. Uh, I didn't even number him, but praising him. Because of his marvelous works. It's so throughout the Psalms. It's all over the Bible. Psalms 91. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all your marvelous works. How? Through praising, through our thanksgiving, through our declaring, through our speaking. I'm going I'm to show everybody your marvelous works. Psalms 105 verse 5 says, Remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. We're supposed to remember his marvelous works. Have you ever gone through a hard time and you sort of get a little bit down, a little bit negative, and you have to stop and remember and remind yourself, hang on a sec, let me just remember all the things that God has done. Like if it's, let's say it's financial pressure. I have to remind myself, hang on, God, you delivered me out of this. That was a massive uh, problem there. You, you, you came through there. You came through there. You came, and I'm remembering his marvelous works, all the great provisions that he has done. Then I think, well, this is nothing compared to all, this, all that he's done. We're supposed to remember his marvelous works. Every prayer answered, remember it. Don't forget it. Every miracle. We've seen God do miracles. The enemy tries to put sickness on one of our children. It was a pretty bad one, but God did a miracle and healed them. We're thankful that God, you're a good God. Doctor says he'll be on this, on this medication for the rest of his life, but God healed. We're grateful. We never forget those little things. There's times where we pray for people and I thought, God, how's that going to happen? And God done a miracle. Many, many times. Let's not forget every marvelous work of our Lord. Listen to this. Please hear my heart. In front of you is an atheist. His body, his body is 37 trillion cells connected into a single system that can function as one. 37 trillion cells that work as one. Each cell represents a factory that has a performance program according to the exact genetic code. So the cell doesn't ex uh, just exist and dies, but also produces new cells. He looks at you with his own eyes, 
which have the most complex color transmission system with an amazing accuracy of up to 576 megapixel, able to record a moving image that the brain in turn interpretation for less than one second. His body controls 640 muscles, not to mention a heart muscle that has been working for dozens of years without stopping day and night in his sleep and in the state of waking up, works autonomous, autonomous, autonomous without external maintenance. And here, this atheist moves his own tongue related to the jaw of seven muscles to say, there is no proof of the existence of the creator who created and ordered a person. How small are we? To say the God of the creation, the God of the universe, which is act, I mean, the, 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 the stars in the universe and all the galaxies run in absolute accuracy and order and orbits mathematically perfect all the time. Not one second off. And our body is brilliant. And I believe the cell, when you have one little cell, you know, we, we, we visited Sila, I think this beautiful, magnificent human little baby was a small cell that you could not see with the human eye. That small cell with the egg, obviously the sperm and the egg, had the information, the DNA, to become every body part. It has to be encoded in there. You, it doesn't fluke it. It doesn't accidentally become that. The information's actually in there, in the DNA code, to become liver, become lung, become the nervous system, become a spine, become a bone, become a nail, become... This is our God. This is our creator. And we go, there's no God. It's a marvelous work, isn't it? The human body. It's absolutely marvelous. Every time I see a baby born, miracle. It's a miracle. Miracle of God. But we take for granted life like it's nothing. Another, another point is the Bible says we should praise. I'll read it in Psalms, 1, Psalms 18 verse 3. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Uh, let me say that again. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. There's a lot of uh, scriptures in the Bible that talks about we worship him because he's worthy. Worthy. In the book of Revelations, worthy is the lamb. Worthy and honor and glory and power be unto him who sits on the throne. Worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. That's a really interesting scripture. Because please hear my heart in this. It's important to understand this truth I'm about to give you. I will worship the Lord because he's worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. If you worship the Lord so you can be saved from your enemies, you defeat the purpose. It won't happen. Because you're actually exchanging, to, you're saying to God, I will worship you so you can set me free. You're trying to manipulate God to do something for you. You're trying to give him something to manipulate the hand of God, the work of God. Say, so can you set me free here? I'm going to praise you. I'm going to make I'm gonna, like, like a... What do you call it? A slot machine. I'm going to put something in it so I can get something out. So the moment you and I praise God to try to get set free from the enemies, it doesn't work because we're not praising God. He doesn't, we don't praise God because we want to be set free from enemies. You lower God so lower, low, lower. But we're supposed to praise God because He is worthy. Simple as that. When you praise God because He's worthy, in the act of praising God because He's worthy, He just sets you free from the enemy. He just does it because it's the act of worshiping him truly for the right reason. And I've done that. I've, I've praised God because, oh, God, the enemy's on attack. The enemy's attacking me here and attacking me there. I'm going to praise you. God, set me free. But when you praise God because he's worthy, 
He automatically, he just does it. Because you're coming into the kingdom of light. You're drawing near to God who's light. Darkness just flees. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's so important. Because you, you can't manipulate God to do something for you. In the wrong sense of that word. You, you, we can release faith. That's different. Because you're connecting to God with faith. Others, uh, the worthy one, I, I wrote down Revelations 4.11. There was a time where... Um, here it says, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, power, for you, have, you, for you have created all things, and for your pleasure are all things created. And there was a time where there was a scroll in heaven. John was there in heaven. There was a scroll, and they said, who is found worthy to open up the scroll and to open up the seal of the scroll? I, I believe that seal of that scroll more likely was like the, the, the destiny of humanity on this earth, like, this, like the lease that God gave to this earth and they couldn't find anyone worthy in heaven no one was worthy to open it on the earth no one was worthy to open it under the earth no one was worthy to open it John starts to weep and cry like a baby he's crying he's in the presence of God and no one's found worthy no one and, he goes, and then the angel says don't weep but we have found someone worthy the lion of the tribe of Judah he's found worthy that he will open up the seal Jesus was worthy because he paid the penalty on the cross and he opens up destiny for humanity and, and ends this all up with the wrath of God and closes it all up. He was found worthy. When we understand the depth of his worthiness, we can't stop but worshipping him. I believe with all my heart in heaven we have no problem worshipping God. It'll be all clear. There's many other scriptures about worshipping because of his power, Worshiping because it's right and reasonable. It's in the Bible. Praising because of his help of his countenance. That's his face. So his face helps us. Praising because he is health of my countenance. Praising because he is king. Oh, I like that one. Praising because of his word. That's in the Bible. Praising because of his word. Praising because of our soul is satisfied. Praising because of his righteous judgments. There's so many, so many, so many in the Bible. Praising because our soul is satisfied only god can satisfy the the thirst of a human being's soul only god we all thirst and only god can satisfy that we praise him because god you're the one that gives us all that we need spirit soul and body amen can we pray father we just thank you so much for your word we we all so desperately need your word and we want to we want your word to be the plumb line for our life. We want it to be the foundation of all living and the motivation of what we do and why we do it, Lord. We, we thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our pathway. It helps us in every area. We want to say thank you. We honor you. We honor your word. We glorify you. Help us all, Lord, to, to live a life of worship. Not just on Sundays when we sing songs and we we sing and dance and clap and all that, Lord, but all day long, every day, teach us to walk in obedience, which is a life of worship. Help us, Father, to connect with you, to love on you, to really give you the praise that you deserve, the worship you deserve. Just in our hearts, just do that in your heart. Just say, yes, God, we do, Lord, help us to live our life unto you to give you the praise to give you the glory to give you the honor to give you all the power in Jesus name everybody says amen amen amen
been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.